Welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind, a show dedicated to the love of animation and feeling like a kid again. Let's go back in time to when cats defended Third Earth. Sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight. A masked duck protected the streets of St. Canard. I am the terror that flaps in the night. And knowing was half the battle. Yo, Joe! Let's go back with Saturday Morning Rewind and your host, Tim Nidell. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of Saturday Morning Rewind with Tim Nidell. That's me. You can find me online. It's at Saturday Rewind or at Tim underscore Nidell on Twitter and Instagram. Of course, make sure you're following us on Facebook as well. And yeah, brand new episode of the podcast. How about that? It's been a, it's been a while, hasn't it? I do have some excuses. I won't name all of them because most of them are lame, but... I did attend FanX back in September as a guest, had my own table, met some amazing fans of the podcast and YouTube channel, and right when I got home, I was feeling sick, went to the doctor, had a 105 temperature, and uh, tested positive for COVID. Admitted into the ER for a couple of days because my O2 levels were deathly low, they said. It was not fun. I had every symptom in the book and every symptom was incredibly bad even the doctor was amazed that i was vaccinated and i had it so bad and it lasted a long time too but anyways needless to say i am back feels good to be doing new episodes of the podcast feels good to have new interviews coming up and this interview i'll be playing today is one i recorded right before i got covid so we do mention a couple of summertime things in there. So don't be thinking like, hey, wait a second, it's winter. Why are they talking about summer? <laughs> but uh, anyways, for this episode, I have the wonderfully talented Zach Hoffman on the podcast. And of course, he was a voice of Zartan on G.I. Joe. Who plays the fool now, Destro? You, you can't fool me. Your weaklings... You won't let me die here. Easily one of my favorite J.I. Joe characters and action figures when I was a kid. Love that action figure. And of course, we talk about both that, the cartoon, and the toy line in my interview and so many other things. Now, I do want to mention that Zach does have a book out. It's a poetry book called Late Model. You will find that on Amazon. And if you go to our website, SaturdayMorningRewind.com, and go to his interview page, I put a link right on there for you. So it's easy to find. Just go to Saturday Morning Rewind and you will find it. And you know what else you'll find there? You will find our donation tab. If you are a fan of the podcast and want to help us out, just go to that tab and join our Patreon. And I do want to give a quick shout out to our executive producer of this episode, Mike Clemens. Mike, you are awesome. I feel so bad that I haven't released new content in a while. So hopefully I can make that up to you in the near future. But thank you, Mike, for coming back as a Patreon supporter and becoming the very first executive producer of the podcast. That means the world to me. It really does. And I also want to thank our producers of this episode, Tori Garvin and Gemma Bright. You guys are equally as awesome. Love both of you. Thank you so much for your help in making this podcast even better than it already is. And again, if you want to help out, just go to our website, SaturdayMorningRewind.com. And click on the donation tab, and you'll find out all the information right there. Hey, Toonsters, this is Buster Bunny. No relation to Babs Bunny. We interrupt your regularly scheduled program to bring you this very important interview from Saturday Morning Rewind. How are you doing? Hey, I'm pretty good. I am actually pretty good. You hanging in there? I am. Wow. We, You, you know, like, it's, it's really, it's strange because, you know just we you know like we're survivors yeah so it's like how you doing that you know it used to be well how you doing but now how you doing <laughs> it takes on a whole thing you it know does. it does it definitely does yeah it's been it's been some odd some weird times Whew. yeah to say the least yeah but anyway so our show is i started it as a reflection 
to talk about my childhood, talk about the cartoons and the voice actors that I loved as a kid. And I am an early 80s kid, so of okay. course I grew up loving G.I. Joe. It's probably, it's in my top five favorite cartoons of all time. And the, the toy lines now has to be number one for me. G.I. Joe was my all-time favorite toy line when I was a kid. So, so what? Tell me your top five. Tell top, me your five. top five. Okay, first two are is kind of a tie. It's between Ducktales from 1987 and Thundercats, awesome. the original Thundercats. Those are my two favorites. So it kind of goes back and forth on the other ones. Um, there's also Transformers, GI Joe. Um, you know, Which could be the same thing. It really could be. I, I kind of, I do, I do lump those two together quite often because they're so, so similar. Of course, you got the same voice actors. You got Wally Burr, you know, and in the same feeling, same, same kind of animation. Did you ever get to talk to Wally? No, no, I did not. So I, I kind of lived through you guys. I loved him. He was, he was, he was something else. Yeah, I'm hoping to hear some good stories when we when we talk about GI Joe and uh, your recording sessions. But yeah, so my childhood, I usually like to ask the same question to start off the interview. What was your childhood like when you were growing up? Oh, wow. Seri seriously? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't have to go into detail. Just, you know, what kind of stuff did you enjoy doing? Did you enjoy animated features? You know, did you enjoy the, the Looney Tunes shorts or Mickey Mouse shorts? You know, stuff like that. So my mom and dad separated when I was one and I was taken to my grandparents to be raised by them uh, in Toronto. And this is uh, in the early, very early 50s. And uh, my grandmother was the last person in Toronto, I think now, but on her block, I guess, to have a television. So I used to listen to radio and um, uh, and when recording in progress, oh, sorry, <laughs> I forget. We, I, I was recording what? on my, I was recording in my software, but I forgot to record on, on the, on the zoom. So continue. I'm sorry about that. I forgot that she says that when you press record. <laughs> Whoops. So, um, so I was, you know, I was raised by my, my grandparents and, and, uh, um, uh, and when we did get television, um, you know, Captain Kangaroo, oh, yeah. and uh, and then we'd get this show from Detroit, which was Lunch with Soupy, and it was huh. Soupy Sales, and it was a noon Saturday show. It was the first thing he had ever done, I guess. And, wow! And I we I got to it was fantastic. It was hilarious, <laughs> and um. And, you know, and then it was my Saturday morning was, um, you know, Heckle and Jekyll. Oh, yeah. Mighty Mouse. Um, and Popeye. Uh, and then, you know, then you'd watch the Mickey Mouse Club and you'd get some cartoons, but yeah. not a lot. And for me, you know, there isn't anything better than Bullwinkle. Oh yeah, Rocky and Bullwinkle. So great, great cartoon. Of course I caught it I caught it in the reruns, but I, I loved it as a kid. But that's you know, and those and so if you're a kid at home and you're alone, uh you know, like that was my entertainment and then I learned how to do impressions from watching those TV <laughs> shows. So, you know, uh you know, hey, Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out of my head. You know, that's what we did to entertain yeah. each other. Yeah. You know, hokey smoke, Bullwinkle. And then to find out that that was a woman was, uh, uh -huh. you know, like totally <laughs> crazy. So that's what we would do. And, and, and then, you know, um, so I'm in Toronto. It's I'm all of maybe seven years old and it's Christmas morning and I wake up and, um, you know, that, and I wake up really early and there, no one's in the house and I on the television and 
guess somebody in the Canadian broadcasting decided that the kids should let the parents sleep. And this guy put on Dumbo, which I had never seen. Huh. And I was mesmerized huh. Christmas morning watching Dumbo. Wow. You know, and so I, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm a fan of animation. I'm a fan of how they do it. Yeah. And, and then, you know, them, uh, you know, doing impressions and then to be put into a room with a bunch of people who do the same thing. <laughs> it's wonderful. It, tell me about that. When did your voiceover career start and how did it start? Um, well, it, it sort of had the voiceover career. So I was doing improv comedy mm -hmm. in Los Angeles and I lived in Los Angeles. And then um, I, I started doing improv comedy and, and they liked me because you know, you'd make the call and some of the calls were whatever. And mm -hmm. I could do the impression bogey as, you know, whatever. And, and so um, I'm trying to think how, how did my, how did this, you know, so you, <laughs> how did it start? I have no idea. You, I woke you up tell one me. morning. So, oh yeah. So I was doing, I was doing, um, I was doing voices and things like that. So Kent Scope who ran the uh, LA connection had this idea that he would take old bad movies, put them on the screen in a theater, and we would voice. Um, and so they did a couple of ones, and then I got in on um, Bride of the Monster, which was a Ed Woods uh, um, yeah. extravaganza uh, with with I think the faux Boris Karloff. I'm not sure who was in it, but it, it was pretty funny. Uh, and then we, the other one we did was, um, wow, it, it, Brainiac, which was a, um, a Mexican uh, horror movie um, about burning at the stake. It was really great. And, you know, we'd make all sorts of stuff up. But for, for Bride of the Monster, I said, why don't we make it a James Bond film? <laughs> <laughs> Which was crazy and funny and, you know, was wonderful. And so then I got to do the Sean Connery and I was James Bond, you know, and I was having a great time, you know, it was just wonderful. I was, uh, uh, you know, and, and I, I couldn't say uh, Miss Galore's name uh, over and over. I, I don't know how PG or R rated you are, but anyway, I said Miss Galore's name so many times. Uh, I just couldn't, you know, help myself. And uh, the audience loved it. And the guy who was, oh, I can't remember, but doing our music, was the keyboard player for Super Tramp. Oh man. Oh man. Wow. Right. So we were I, I was like in, in heaven. <laughs> it, it was wonderful. And um so to make money, because actors do all sorts of stuff for free. There wasn't a lot of money, you know, in, in show business in Los Angeles. You left Los Angeles, you would make money. <laughs> but in Los Angeles, no, you wouldn't make were like a hundred improv groups so <laughs> this is yeah see like 1980 so i worked uh waiting tables at a singing waiter restaurant uh called uh michelli's and uh you know run by uh the two brothers joe and frank and and, and their dad carmen and the mom sylvia it was was you know and it was a great place and it was it was it was a three ring circus and it was just a party there. And so Wally would come in oh. and uh, hang out at the bar and we'd talk and stuff. And, and so one night after I got off work, I'm, I'm at the bar and it's with Richard Drago and Wally and a bunch of other guys. And we're all drinking, we're all talking. And, and I said to me, I said to him, you know, he says, well, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm with the LA connection and we're doing the improvision. And I start to tell him the, the story of doing the James Bond. And he, he gets this look on his face and he says to me, he says, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever done this before, but 
um, uh, I'm I'm looking for uh, I'm looking for a voice, uh, and I can't find it. And and uh, it, it's it's this guy, you know, it's this mercenary named Zartan, and you know, you might be able to do this. And so um, he explained the character to me, and I went home and. Um, I, I, you know, I always like try and pick a character uh, in literature, you know, so so I knew that part of Zartan would be bondish, but the way he described him, obviously he was not a good person, <laughs> you know. So I, I read about the first 40 pages of A Clockwork Orange oh, wow. to get that. Alex yeah. part of, yeah. so, you know, and so, so that's who Zartan is. Wow. And that, then, and I, then I was able to do the voice, but I'm not telling you the whole story because my, now you want to know that's my animation story, but the voiceover story uh -huh. is, um, I have a, I had a buddy named Michael Sam and I, 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 talked to Michael, gosh, like a couple of years ago. And uh, anyway, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hanging out, you know, actors We're you know, we're, we're hanging out. That's what yeah. we do. We're yeah. actors. <laughs> and uh, so Michael, Michael goes, gosh, we're, we're casting people. We knew we need people who do uh, ADR. And, you know, what did I say? Oh yeah, I can do ADR. Uh, when, when is it? Cause they were paying people. So yes, of course <laughs> I do ADR. I had no idea what ADR was. It's automated <laughs> recording dubbing. And um, they were doing, this is a great idea. They were doing Spanish soap operas into English. Wow. What? And uh, yeah, Spanish soap operas <laughs> into English. And uh, they, they, they were looking for a guy named, the, the main character, one of the most popular Spanish soap operas of all time. Because they're novellas. They're not like ours that just keep going, yeah. you know, for 84 years. <laughs> there are, uh, you know, there's a story. And the story has a beginning, a middle of it. And the one that, that we were doing was Viviana. And they wanted me to play George Armando. And um, so, so I go in there. And I'm watching other people audition. And I'm watching what they're doing. And I realize... Um, two things. First of all, that Spanish is spoken 30% faster than English. Mm -hmm. So I was going to have to be fast. And secondly, when I was in college, I did oral interpretation of literature. Uh, I was on the debate team and Firo Pi. And, and so, and I was like, oh, that's what that is. You know, you're looking up and you're looking down, you're looking at and you're looking and you're trying to match the labials. And I went, it's rhythmic, it's lit. And, and I, I, I got the job. In fact, I got two leads and two different shows. So <laughs> I was going cross course. And, one, and we recorded, one of the places we recorded was um, at Paramount Studios. Paramount, not Paramount Recording Studios, not Paramount Studios, Paramount Recording Studios on Holly, on, was it Hollywood Boulevard? Yeah, mm, maybe it was Sunset. Sunset or Hollywood? But it was owned by the Brolin brothers. And so I, I'd see them all the time. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? Ah, I'm going in. And, we, and it went on. You know, like it was, it was ka-ching. It was a payday for me. Nice. And we were having a ball doing it. Michael was directing it. And I was in, you know, all of this stuff. And we were logging hours and hours of looping. And, um, and then... Sunday morning, we'd always every Sunday morning is you're in a bathrobe and you you have coffee, maybe some locks and bagels. It's LA, it's beautiful. You know, you're at home and you get the LA Times. And the LA Times has this big calendar section, you know, all the movie ads and all all the stuff about show business and stuff. And that morning I'm opening up the LA Times calendar section. And I see the character I'm voicing <laughs> in on on the you know like his picture 
and the headline is uh, Spanish soaps, will they wash? <laughs> and at that moment, I knew I was going to be out of a job. <laughs> <laughs> they aired very briefly and oh, wow. uh, somewhere in a vault, there, <laughs> there are hours. I would love to see just a little bit of that footage. <laughs> <laughs> Viviana, you must come here. I love you so much, Viviana. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to see some of that footage. You got to find some. <laughs> you got to find some and post it online. <laughs> oh, come, Michael. <laughs> you can start like a new YouTube channel with just all that content right there. <laughs> right. But, so, you know, it, it was such a, it was such a wonderful time, you know, uh, um, for me to be able to, I was, I was doing what I loved and I was going mm -hmm. from one place to another and I was singing here and I was, um, uh, you know, doing, um, doing improv comedy with this troupe from the LA connection called the RTD conspiracy, which were eight really talented people. And mm -hmm. they were very funny and, uh, you know, uh, and, and, you know, and then and then I find you know Wally finds me and he says this too, you know, and and wound up with these with these people at, at GI Joe and you know um, and that I, I you know that I I'm still friends with you know a few of them today. It's just really nice. Tell me about your time as Zartan. Like we said earlier, my favorite toy line was GI Joe. I had a Zartan toy. Even though his like headpiece came off all the time, so he was bald. <laughs> but do you have the box? No, I know, I know. I, I almost that character. I almost like lost my job. And to do it, you know, the people love the, you know. I didn't understand um, this. I, you know, I, I I went to my first convention uh, in Toronto a lot of years no not a lot of years ago but it was my first convention i you know and people were wild and i, I just went i i don't i don't understand it and the, the guy looks at me and he says when we played with the toys we used your voice yeah i went oh so that's, that you know there it is that is true i, I remember getting my first gi joe's it was you know, I would have been maybe like five or something. And uh, my parents came home with a box. They went to a yard sale and there was like 10 GI Joes in there. I think Zartan was one of those 10. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So Zartan, one of, my, one of my favorite characters. Tell me about voicing Zartan and some of those um, amazing uh, recording sessions you guys had. Well, Wally, Wally liked a lot. Wally liked to be in control. He, he was the general. There's no question about it. You know, and um, it was a unique situation because um, usually people, if, if it's a foreign product, which this was from Sunbow, um, you would loop to the animation, but the animation was made to our voices. Okay. So, so what they would create was this um, sort of radio show, basically, and be shown the storyboard of what was happening, you know, um, and they would, they would give us a storyboard, and then there would be these seven mics, and it would usually be the good guys on the right. That's what I was wondering. Bad guys on the <laughs> left, and a couple of the good guys and bad guys went both ways, so they, you know, they, they sort of, you know, Chris was really right in the middle right there. <laughs> and um, uh, Chris Lotta, yep. for those of you who don't know. Yep. And, and uh, it was just, it was pretty amazing, you know? And um, so we'd, we'd record the session, you know, and Wally tell us what we'd like or where we are and you needed louder or you needed to be tougher, you know, and, and, um, and then, at the end, there would be the, uh, you know, I'll be in there and he'd go, okay, uh, we need a uh, big yo-jo. 
and then everybody, yo, Joe. <laughs> and then, okay, and now here we need uh, Cobra. Cobra. And, uh, okay, uh, Zartan, yeah. Uh, okay, you're going to, um, okay, so uh, I want you to uh, take a punch to the face. Boom. And went to the stomach. Oh, and, the, you know, and like, and he would direct all that stuff. Uh, and just the fight scenes, you know, and and uh, he'd loop them all, you know, get the right stuff or uh -huh. the right combination. It was it was a lot of fun. But hours and hours of work, I hear. It it was it was hours and hours of work, and and obviously there were there were more than you know there were more than like there'd be seven people in there, and then there'd be six people sitting in the in the other room, you know, like. Okay, uh, you know, like, okay, bad guys, you know, the bad guys would leave, <laughs> Lady J would come in, you know, would it, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was choreographed madness. Oh, wow. You know, and, um, and, you know, I, I, when I went to one of these conventions, I met Sergeant Slaughter. Yes. He is the greatest. <laughs> you, you need to call, you need to get him. I on. know, I've tried, and he was, when I asked him, he couldn't do interviews at all because of the uh, WWE. Really? So, yeah. So I guess they have. I guess they have to go. Maybe have to go through them to get the interview. I don't know. But yeah, wow. I, I would love. Man, he's like a dream interview right there. Right, and he he is one of the nicest people, generous, I've ever met, and so is Frank Welker. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Frank Frank really he he reached across the the aisle to me and, and help me you know oh. i was i was the new guy yeah yeah wow brand, brand spanking new guy do you remember uh, who's this guy the improvist <laughs> oh <laughs> you know do you remember some of the things that he told you 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 can do it yeah exactly you know and then or you know i i yeah i can I, I mean he was just very supportive mm -hmm. and I can't, you know, like you're asking me to, to, uh, I've pretty much killed most of my brain cells. So right now I have three left and they seem to be lining up for this conversation. There you go. That's always good. <laughs> now I was wondering if, um, they always planned on changing Zartan's voice a little bit, you know, electronically or with that echo, was that always a plan? Um, I don't know, uh, that I don't know. I, I, that's a question for, uh, uh, Lars, I, I think it's because I, I don't know why. I, I don't know why, and and um, I thought my performance was fine, yeah. as it was. And uh, I think that they may have thought, well, he he's never the same voice ever. Oh yeah. Maybe there's something in his voice that can allow him to do that. That makes so, sense. Yeah. Yep. So that they're trying to, 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 I, I, you know, like there was no leap of faith for me. I am yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever you say. Yeah, it's fine. You can make the, you know. <laughs> yeah. I never thought about it as a kid, you know, the voice never came to mind and his, his skin turning blue. I never, I never second guessed it, you know, just, right. just went along with it. Well, yeah, I, I think that's what's, you know, what's wrong with, uh, a, a lot of the action movies that are, you know, that they're trying to recreate is that they go to origin stories. Yeah. They try if to I, show yeah, you like, how something was created. Why? Why? Yeah. You know, just if I see another monkey, you know, <laughs> holding a baby in a Tarzan movie, who cares? The guy's six feet tall. He's got a knife and a loincloth. I'll bet anything that guy is Tarzan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need any more information. Or another know? another Batman origin movie. Right. <laughs> I don't ever want to see a child in front of a grave of two parents or yep. the parents get. How many times have we seen that? It's ridiculous. That's what I kind of liked about the uh, Keaton Batman is it kind of, you kind of felt like it was going that direction. But it wasn't. It didn't really show it too much. You know what I mean? Well, but the the brilliance of Tim Burton. Oh yeah, you can. And you met brilliance him. You worked Tim with Burton Tim Burton. Is the the one of the greatest scenes? Um, 
well, there were so many in that movie, but the but the, one of the greatest scenes is when he's going down the streets with the balloons, mm-hmm. giving out money. Mm-hmm. There are no kids anywhere hmm. because the kids know yeah. that the Joker's a bad guy. Yeah, it's all the greedy adults too. Right. Yeah. Right. And then the way the car shuts down. Yeah. Just like he's shut down. <laughs> Shields on. Great movie. Oh, Great man. movie. Yeah, that that's probably what got me into comic books was that movie alone. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. No, I'll skip a little forward because I have Tim Burton Tim Burton on my to-do list. You actually worked with Tim Burton a little bit for I did. Pee-wee's Big Adventure, which I didn't know. I did. I saw that IMDb. I didn't know that. Tell me about that scene and and working along with Tim Burton. You know, he's he knows what he wants. He he know he boy he knows what he wants. And I watch the movie and I go, I didn't stop this movie. You know, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, it just kept rolling. You know, you know. I I I had uh, I guess as an actor, you 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 know, like I brought. Uh, his energy, you know, the the energy of the director who was all, he was out of control, you know, his movie was out of control. The kid actor was was out of control. And um, and then of course to have Pee-wee dressed up as a nun and steal the bike. <laughs> so it's a it's a great, you know, that that was my job, you know, and I had uh if you watch it, if you watch my scene, I have uh I have a little uh silly walk in the uh in the sand. And, um, uh, you know, it, it uh, yeah, it, I, I got to work and, uh, I went to work, I did my job and, mm-hmm. uh, I went home and, uh, and then I got to see the, you know, this movie, which was wonderful. So I'm like a little, yeah, little cog in a great big, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like that, uh, one of the, the prop guys showed me the, uh, I don't know what it's called, the MacGuffin, it, where he wakes up in the morning and it bling, bang, bing, bing, uh-huh. bing. Um, you know, built to perfection. So it, it was a, it was a pretty, it was a pretty amazing uh, um, first journey for Tim Burton, and he's made so many yeah, great movies. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely has. All right, so going back to GI Joe. I have to mention one infamous episode. You might know which I'm talking about. Cold Slither. (laughs) (laughs) I rewatched that one last night, or was it night four? Oh, good. What's what's funny is that is one of the main episodes I remember watching as a kid. That one just sticks out. Maybe it's because it's so weird. That's probably what it is. It's so weird that it really sticks out. Tell me about working on that episode. Well, it, (laughs) so it's, we're there and, and it's, it's a fun episode. It's mind control. We love it. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna win, you know, he's, you know, Zartan is finally going to win, but him, because he's, um, uh, I guess, little borderline personality disorder he loves the attention which he's never gotten before except from the dreadnoughts so he's digging it so my take and i don't know what the the so do you remember the last line that zartan says oh i don't it's yeah there's a trivia question it's (laughs) where's everybody going and i sort of i sort of tried to Bet Midler the Rose sort of thing, uh-huh. you know, because that, you know, that was that was uh, where I was coming from, you know, like where's there, <laughs> where where's everybody going, and um, because uh, he was really sad about that. So they they were going to bring in a band, and I was incensed, uh, you know, like that's what I thought they're going to bring in a band to do this, you know, and I went, well, I sing. You know, uh, you know, these guys probably sing. You guys sing, don't you? And, you know, uh, uh, Ross says, yeah, you know, Michael, yeah, we sing. So they go, okay, you sing. So little did I know, I thought, you know, like 
this is my hallucination. I'm going to walk into the studio with a band mm-hmm. and we're going to set a key and I'm going to rock this thing like Satan. And no, it had already been recorded. Oh. In a key, I don't sing it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I've watched it. I think I go, yeah, I pulled it. I sort of pulled it off, you know, and it wasn't supposed to be good anyway. Exactly. It was sort of supposed to be terrible, but people <laughs> loved it. So it's it had, you know, it sort of worked. And I, I was like, uh, they're going to kill us. <laughs> we we just had fun. We yeah. just had a good time. Yeah, sounds like it. Do you have any other Wally stories that come to mind? The, you know, it, it was it was I mean, like uh, you, the, the Wally story that I love with with, uh, you know, was that, you know, if you've listened to Cobra Commander, I, and I, I can't, I'm not even going to, you no, know. No, no, nobody, nobody can do that. And, and while he would, you, you know, was, um, you know, like doing numerous takes and when Cobra Commander would lose his, um, lose his stuff, he'd scream and, you know, and I think it was Michael Bell, you know, like was like the third take and, and Chris just like, and uh, I think Michael Bell said, Chris, I, I think that's a piece of your lung on the, uh, <laughs> on the window there. So it, I don't know. He, I just loved Wally. I, I thought he was, um, he was it. He was, he was, he was just so on as the field general. And he was just so happy to describe, um, you know, what we were doing. You know, he, uh, like the tank rolls down and you're going to blow it up and Ripper comes in and he's going to, you know, and he just was, it was, he was in his element. Mm-hmm. He loved the military. He, he just was, he just was a fun, it was just fun for him. And he was a tank commander, right? In World yes. War II? That's what I yes. thought. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. He and uh, owned Michelli's, Carmen Michelli, were, were, were fast friends because of that. And uh, Carmen was uh, also uh, on Salerno Beach uh, uh, and was also in, in, you know, so they used to, they used to talk World War II. I wish, I wish I would have reached out to Wally. You know, because he didn't, he passed away not too long ago. I could have had him on the show. I wish, kind of kick myself for not doing that. Well, you never think, you know, like I've lost, you know, I've lost a lot of people. And, you know, it's like, hey, well, I'm going to call him next week. I know. And then next week doesn't come. Yep, exactly. Unfortunately, you're right. So when it comes to recording for the uh, G.I. Joe movie, was that a different process for you guys at all? Or just kind of the same thing, just maybe in a bigger stage it was no it wasn't it was the same thing i mean it but it was not in our studio not in the studio that that we recorded in. okay not it was not in the the uh wallyber <laughs> the wallyber extravaganza <laughs> um it it was and actually it was back at um paramount's recording studio oh wow so i was like oh yeah <laughs> I know. hey roland what's happening you know <laughs> but you know every and um they I, I guess the you know like zartan makes a little you know zartan and destro and i i don't know about cobra commander how much the three of us had in the movie but um they wanted to create new characters so it was um and which was great because i got to meet leonard Nimoy. oh yeah <laughs> so yeah i i, I just uh, you know uh, i it was a job you know i i i hate to say that because i i know that that so many people love this you know so much but 
at, you know, that was, that was a job. And, and um, I go from one job to another job to another job. And yes, some of these jobs were really fun. Mm -hmm. And, and sometimes the jobs was hard and, and, you know, it, it didn't go well. It just happens sometimes. Uh, I, I'm, you know, I, I wish I could say like, oh yeah, every, every time was just, you know, yeah, there, there were good times, bad times, uh, um, uh, you know, stress times. So you think, oh my God, they're going to fire me. Oh yeah. But, you know, they don't think of oh, good job. That was great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I hope that that answers you. It's so it's so strange talking to a cartoon. Now I'm talking to a cartoon because it's the cartoon of you. That's true. I, I, I guess I should make my lips move somehow when I when I talk. Clutch cargo. <laughs> I need to work on that because that would be more entertaining. I think on your end. <laughs> so nowadays, I, I saw on your website that nowadays you spent the last 20 years in the Pacific Northwest doing commercial work? Yes, it did, did a lot. When I moved here, I thought, well, I'll sell shoes because I, I didn't know what I was going to do. But um, I found a, a really wonderful agent. And she she started getting me work and uh, and and I, I I did voiceovers for, you know, for the longest, longest time. It, it expanded my career for another 20 years. Wow. So I'm very happy about that. Wow. What's some of the commercials that we may know you from? You, they were local. So oh, okay. you really, you wouldn't, like I, I, uh, I did casinos, you know, like I was the voice of the Tulalip Casino for five years. Okay. Uh, you know, I was the voice of the, the University of Washington for the longest time. Um, I think it lasted like five years and so at the half of football games i would do the uh, the university of washington for you and your future you know and and so <laughs> and so my friends would be calling hey you're in a football game you know <laughs> that's not great um i i didn't do a lot of national st stuff The you know the last sort of nationally known bit of work that I did was in a film called Untraceable. That sounds familiar. I don't think I've seen it, but that sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. I auditioned for uh, a play. I did still was doing live theater. Oh, I nice. loved live theater. Yeah. Still was doing some improv. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's the life of the actor. Uh, you know, I, I, I was taking a, it was in, there's a, a woman acting coach in Los Angeles who ran the actor's workshop called Estelle Harmon. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with Los Angeles or somewhat. Anyway, she was, she was wonderful. And, and um, she had the master class in there and she said, Hey, listen, if you're here because you want to do a sitcom, and make a lot of money, get out. <laughs> she says, because you're going to have to do all sorts of jobs if you want to stay as an actor. And that's it. And, and sometimes you, you get those moments as an actor when, when you really get to do something special. And for me, I, I, I hate to admit this, but for me, the something special was I played Father Mark in Tony and Tina's wedding in Seattle for a year and a half. And it was phenomenal. Huh. It, each, each night, they, these two crazy families would, uh, would come together. I would have two kids. And the next night, they'd come together again. <laughs> so Seattle, huh? Are you guys getting a lot of smoke right now? Uh, no, okay. um, the smoke is mostly in Eastern Washington. Yeah. See, I'm in, uh, I'm in Montana. Okay. And, uh, our smoke finally, it's about 80% clear now, but for like a month straight, you couldn't even see the mountains behind my yard. We, we had that last summer bad and, um, we had it, uh, a little bit this summer with, uh, you know, the smoke, uh, 
gets to you, but we're, we've been lucky with a, a zone off the, the Puget Sound that sort uh-huh. of has kept us clear. That's good. So we've been rather lucky, but it did, it did turn 105 and 109. Wow. And that's, which, that's unheard of for the North. Absolutely. Because no one has air conditioning here. same here like nobody because i lived in florida for a couple years oh. and i always complain about the heat here in montana then my florida friends are like what are you talking about it's hotter here it's like yeah you have air conditioning everywhere you go <laughs> but <Right>. we don't <laughs> and and my cousin is in uh is in uh texas in, in outside of houston uh-huh. and they had uh you know three inches of snow yeah now what happened was, is that it never snows, it never freezes, it never gets below zero. So when you build homes, you don't build them with metal pipes, nope. you build them with plastic pipes, <laughs> and they all exploded. Oh my God. And no one had water. Wow. Anywhere. It was nutty. It was just because of the weather. Yeah. So weird. And uh, probably for you guys too, but July was the hottest month here. This, this summer, you know, we were like 105 and that's usually August weather. Now, August, like this morning, it was 42 degrees. Yeah. 52 here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very nice. It's getting, yeah, I know. I love this. You know, school starting up again and the kids are back in school. I have the house to myself a little bit and nice little <laughs> weather. Out. I can open up a window. It's not so hot. <laughs> yeah. So what else keeps you busy these days besides doing the commercial work? Uh, I've been, I've been, I'm writing. I, I, I did a, I sort of retired from, from show business about four to five years ago. And, uh, but I started writing and I, I've written a, a small book of poetry, which, uh, you can get on, uh, Amazon called okay. late model here. There it is. There it is. I don't know if you can see it. Move it. There we go. I can see it right now. Late model. Okay. So that that's what I've been doing. I've been enjoying it, and I've I've uh, I've gotten some of these published other places, and uh, I decided to put a little book together. And you know that that's you know you got to keep busy, and yep. uh, you know I I so appreciate you know I hope I've remembered some stuff for you because <laughs> no, uh, it's been it's been great. Seriously, you had some great answers. Um, the only thing that that we didn't talk about was was the the box, you know, when they when they created the toy of Zartan, okay, yeah. which was, I was so excited, and then they put the um, profile, and they said he was a paranoid schizophrenic. That's right, I did hear about that. Yeah, and they had to change that. And they did, yeah. The the people, uh, you know, like, and they there was a big uproar about it, and um, I thought this was it. I'm out now. Yeah, like, yeah. and I didn't do anything, <laughs> you know. But they they did change it. But now, when you go to a uh, a, co- a comic convention, that is the holy grail. Oh man, you have a box that says, you know, like, it's and I've signed a couple of them. Wow. You know, it, it, just to see them, that was wonderful. Yeah. Like I said, I got mine from a yard sale, so I didn't come with a box with those. Later on, I got other G.I. Joes with boxes, but not not Zartan. So I need to look. I'm, I'm going to a convention in three weeks in uh, Salt Lake. So I'll look, okay. I'll look to see if there's a Holy Grail there. Okay. <laughs> and I'll let you know what I find out. All right, great. Yay. <laughs> but in closing, since Zartan is the master of disguise... If you could disguise yourself as anybody and do anything you wanted, who would it be and what would you do? Oh man. I should have I should have prepared you for this for this one. Uh who would I be? I I guess um I would be either Trey Parker or Matt Stone. <laughs> and uh I would uh I I just would you know, like to make fart noises for the yeah. characters in South Park. Yeah. That's what I would do. I love South Park. I know. I was talking to a buddy of mine about, about those two guys just today. We were just talking about shows, you know, having to be politically correct, but somehow South Park 
doesn't have to be. They've never really gotten in trouble for it, and I love them for that. But they, yes, but, you know, um, <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with a lot of the episodes, but uh, um, uh, I have a Prius. So so my friend, when I drive up, he goes, good for you. <laughs> you know, the, the smug episode. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's a classic, classic cartoon. I'm not too up to date with it. You know, I don't have a chance to watch too many cartoons these days, but I loved South Park, you know, when I was in my early 20s. Well, and, you know, I, I think that that's, you know, like like I said, that they are, you know, for me, you know, Rocky and Bullwinkle was, yeah. was that yeah. for me. You know, Peabody and, and Sherman and, they, you know, they, the original is just, it's too good. You can't, you, you just can't duplicate it. And, nope. and I think that, that this, you know, this is the same thing. It's just, the, these guys are just too good. And they're just two kids having fun. That's what it seems like. A- absolutely. Absolutely. Have you ever heard their story about, you know, like they went to uh, University of Colorado? No, I haven't heard that one. Yeah, they they were there and they were in the film school there, and um, um, they 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 hadn't they didn't know each other. They were just there in the film school, and um, and they said so. It was a lot of women trying to make uh, you know coming of age movies, uh-huh. and and then they just looked at each other and they said, "We just want to make fart movies." <laughs> that was that's their story oh the origin story that's epic that's good (laughs) well all right zach thank you so very much for your time had a wonderful time talking with you hopefully you did as well i did i had it was it was great thank you thanks for uh you know thank you and and uh, and satan thanks you (laughs) see i was gonna ask you to do the voice and you did it so we can end it right now well, great. And uh, take care of yourself. You too. You stay happy, stay healthy, stay sane. And uh, maybe if you can get me some uh, Seattle Seahawks tickets, you know, let me know. All right. As soon as, <laughs> yes. But you know what? It, the Seahawks tickets are not really the good thing. The good thing is to come over and watch the Seahawks with us. Well, if that was an invite, I will be there. Okay, you're done. Done. I'm not too far from you. I'm like seven hours, I think, from you. All right. You ever in Seattle during game? Call me. Thanks for listening to Saturday Morning Rewind. Please check them out on Facebook and Twitter. And that's all, folks.